really get into the nitty-gritty behind monsters from different lore. However, there is a general focus on D&D. We are players and DMs, so we draw from our experience with different tabletop RPGs. And we tend to go off on tangents every so often. If you're looking for facts and historical value, this may not be the podcast for you. But if you love discussing monsters and all of their potential just for fun, then we got you covered. Adult content warning, and with all that out of the way, my name is Dylan, and I'm joined once again by my two brave monster hunters. I'm Alex. And I'm Melina. And this is Mornings with Monsters. This week is a top-tier selection. From the deepest depths of the oldest crypts and tombs, the Lich. Many know the name, but few have been close enough to survive and tell the tale. So, first things first, guys. <laughs> Before we get into the Lich, quick correction. Um, Vecna's not a mind flare, and I know when these episodes are played and listened to by our Stranger Things fans and our OG D&D fans, I'll probably get torn apart, but that will be okay. Um, He is, in fact, an arch lich, which we will touch on today. It is like a extraordinarily powerful um, type of lich, which is pretty cool, but he controls a mind flare in Stranger Things, so I think that they did tie the two together a lot. Um, so, you know, still a lot of valid conversation in that last in that last episode. Um, but that's that's pretty much all I was going to say about my Vecna correction this week. Um, yeah, does does anyone want to give us a a nice dive into the into the Lich? I um, I think I know the least about liches. Out of the three of us, okay. Um, most of my lich information comes from um, what's her butt, not Taco, Taco's sister, which is another podcast. Oh, okay. From the Adventure Zone. I, uh, from the I, Adventure Zone. Yeah, I was about to say. Uh, I'm surprised you haven't noticed that in the Adventure Adventure Time Adventure Zone. Uh, Adventure, Adventure Time also has a lich. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's what I was reading. Like the main villain is a lich. Yeah, something like that. I was asking um, our other sister, our Adventure Time expert, she said that the overarching like uh, main story arc that's kind of like randomly throughout the entire series has something to do with an, a lich from, you know, a billion years ago or that destroyed yeah. the world or something. I haven't seen enough of it to uh, shine too much light on the... On the the lichdom that is Adventure Time's main villain, but and you can pull so many villains that are in storylines today. I feel like have lich properties. I mean, Voldemort is basically a lich. He's basically he really a is. Lich. I would I mean, agree. Minus the like control, he's kind of like an arch lich or a demi lich because he. And I, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but the um, the soul gem process that arch liches can. Uh, you know, learn to do to become, you know, basically you could kill him over and over and over again, but you, well, need, you need those uh, <laughs> phylacteries. Yeah, that's actually something that we probably should start with the process of becoming a lich um, sure. because it's lengthy and costly and willful. That's, a, that's one of the points that I kept coming across. It's, it's not an accident. It's, it doesn't just like happen because of like natural development. It is a very small path that people choose at every point. 
Yeah, um, absolutely. Usually comes with horrific deeds. Lots of sacrificing, lots of really obscure, rare ingredients, and then the task to make your phylactery, which, if you're a Harry Potter fan, that is just the horcruxes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in a lich form, it's usually like a single thing or a, a couple little things packed in a big thing, and they hide it as well as they can, even going so far as to make copies of it or fake versions so that any would-be adventurer will be thrown off the real path. Absolutely. I think um, even some of the demi-liches have more abstract uh, phylacteries. Like, yeah, because it was said that they can go to other planes, right? Yeah, yeah. I think there's like something I found buried deep in the lore of the lich for D&D that was like one of the, the demi-lich gods basically... His um, phylactery is like the concept of something, so you have to destroy the concept of something to... Uh, wow. Yeah, so, like, and that would be, like, the pinnacle of magic, you know, manipulation, I would say. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, uh, it would take a god to destroy the concept of something. I don't remember exactly what it was. It's probably, like, only, the concept of suffering or that. something. Exactly, yeah. I think uh, it's also important to note that it's not just anybody that can become a lich even if they have all of the things you know they also have to spend their entire life driven towards like the the study of magic and generally they don't become a lich until the very end of their life because they want to continue to study magic and learn so it requires a special kind of person in addition to the crazy stuff they have to do. You want me to read this little snippet real quick? Sure. So I have uh, a magazine from 1979, Dragon Magazine, issue 26, and uh, there is a, a blueprint for a lich. Uh, it is pretty old school. I'm, I'm sure this was many editions ago. Um, but under the light of a full moon, the lich has to consume an entire potion, and it ha it's not even a guaranteed thing if they do. But the ingredients are two pinches of pure arsenic, one pinch of belladonna, or uh, deadly nightshade, uh, one measure of fresh phase spider venom, and it has to be under 30 days old, one measure of fresh wyvern venom, under 60 days old, the blood of a dead humanoid infant killed by a phase spider, the blood of a dead humanoid infant killed by a mixture of arsenic and belladonna, the heart of a virgin humanoid killed by a wyvern venom, and one quart of blood from a vampire or person infected with vampire uh, vampirism, and then, uh, very last, the most interesting one, I think, the ground reproductive glands of seven giant moths, and it has to be less than 60 days old. So... There's time restrictions on everything. You have to have multiple infants ready to be murdered by the multiple different, uh, you know, <laughs> monsters that you need to have fresh venom and blood from. And then if you do all of that, hopefully you don't just die. <laughs> That's kind of funny because that, in the way that a lich works as, like, an enduring creature who, like, has evil dastardly plans, they, they usually make them, like, generations in the future uh i read somewhere that sometimes they even just will 
choose to do nothing and outlive their enemies because why yeah. not, you know? Yeah. But I wonder if this studying magic in there, you know. Yeah. I wonder if this potion making is like a lich's first true test of the ability to orchestrate something so evil, so complicated, and all within a specific time frame, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it is a test of magical prowess. Because uh, in addition to this, you also have to create a phylactery, and the phylactery has to be created in a certain time frame um, before you can even do all of this stuff. And I'm sure creating a phylactery and not, like, accidentally putting your soul into it before you can, like, that could be, you know... You could trap yourself, right? I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and I mean, like, there's a there's also a D100 table underneath it, which is weird that they have a D100 table that that old. Um, but uh, you have to roll. <laughs> you have to roll perfectly because it's literally like the worst thing that can happen, uh, or like the best thing that can happen other than it working is like a seven day coma. And what? Yeah, oh. that's that's the best thing. And so it's either it's either it works or you die in some fashion. Uh, you become feeble-minded. You can become paralyzed for two weeks um, with a thirty percent chance of a permanent loss to six dexterity points. <laughs> oh. uh, permanent deaf, dumb, and blind. Uh, that can only be corrected by a full wish spell, and then obviously just death. So, it's a it's a rare chance. Also, like, it has to be under the blood of a full moon, but it also has to be done in a place where a lot of, like, basically the lich's lair. So, okay, you know, most of the time they're underground or they're in a castle or whatever, but I guess it could be drawn in, like, a graveyard or something. Um, and it does not necessarily have to be their lair, but a place, an evil place, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Is that for, like, the energy or...? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. Um there's a lot of uh, great stuff in this because it, it is an old school blueprint back when the Lich was really just kind of, uh, you know, back when the Lich was coming up. <laughs> but um, Yeah, it's a pr relatively new concept in media. Yeah, and before uh, Gary Gygax kind of took the Lich for himself for D&D, &D, uh, you heard the word before because Lich is an old English word for skeleton. Um, I believe, and uh, you, you hear yeah, it in, I mean, like, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft and a, a couple other places, Lich popped up before, but um, only used very, like, similar to what we know as a Lich, but never quite the D&D the &D Lich that we're all familiar with uh, nowadays. So uh, I think this is one of those, like, original, uh, or more so original D&D &D concept, not quite as much as the Mind Flare, but... Um, still something, uh, you know, we can call a D and D thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's also several other ways that liches can become, uh, liches without the potion. Uh, but those are extremely rare and they're, they're generally like, like dragons can become liches, which is, yeah. I thought was interesting. Devout servants to the God of tyranny or tyranny. Um, you know, can slowly become liches through worship and several other things. And there's also some good liches, but we should yeah, probably talk about Which is them. interesting. <laughs> okay, was it... I don't remember who was obsessed with this. It might have been a, an ex of mine, but um, Enter the Gungeon. 
Apparently the final boss on that video game is a lich. Huh. That's cool. Yeah, it must have been Zach that played that a bunch. But There's a lot of liches in, in video games. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I've never played that one, actually. Uh, Warcraft? Yeah. Fantasy games, I definitely understand, because as a D&D concept somewhat, uh, I'm sure they pull a lot from that world. I don't know what Dota yeah. is, but apparently liches, a lich is one of a, is a playable hero. Yeah, yeah, it's like a... Um, it's like League of Legends, Yeah, it's like League of Legends. It's just like a different one. Cool. Sorry, I was uh, looking. I was looking at different places you can find it other than. Well, I think um, I've played a lot of World of Warcraft, like I've said um, on previous episodes. Uh, but they had an entire like expansion called Wrath of the Lich King. It's actually, I think, dropping three hours ago. They're redoing the the classic, uh, like World of Warcraft classic, because you can play the old school grindy version. Um, they they dropped the Wrath of the Lich King this morning. Um, oh, that's update. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, that's which is pretty ironic. Yeah, it's um, it's a different kind of lich though. I mean, he's basically like this ice mage wearing full plate in the you know castle in the land on a continent filled with ice and stuff. But uh, you can actually play as like one of his death knights that breaks his um, uh, control over them and. Like, it's a whole class and everything. It's pretty cool. But uh, definitely a weird play on the Lich. It was a fun fun thing to play because, you you know, who doesn't love killing hordes of undead things in the icy icy mountains? <laughs> Sounds like a good trash grind. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a grind back in the day. Always is. So you guys are familiar with, like, Ramses, right? The mummy tale? Uh, not... As much as I'm sure. It's like, um, I don't know. It's been like reiterated a bunch. Like there's a version called The Mummy, the movie. You know what I mean? Um, And like, uh, it's always that he was a dead pharaoh and he got called back to life. And he has dominion over the dead in his area too. So I've always wondered, like, is it? he a lich or because he was dead and came back is he just like a death knight who has dominion right i that's a good question and i think it's uh interesting that it's a mummy because i would say as far as the undead go that that would be the closest thing i would compare a lich to more so than like a zombie or a ghoul yeah absolutely i think even the process of becoming a lich and like their their whole aesthetic is more mummy like than uh than then at some of their less strong counter counterparts. Yeah. Inherently, I would say, I'm sorry, I would say that when I think of mummies versus goons or uh, what was the other one you said? Ghouls. Ghouls and stuff. Like, yeah, liches, you have to have like that base intelligence. And I feel like um, mummies are more likely, like they're more along the lines of like, an intelligent undead being whereas when you see zombies and whatnot it's more of like horde mentality it's more of like uh mindless yeah it's more mindless like i take your commands just do until it's done it's very like driven just to eat brains you know (laughs) exactly whereas like 
these liches that are undead creatures, they whether they were created, which I'm I'm very interested about these dragon liches, be like the Dracono lich, because those are created by I think I don't think dragons do it themselves. Oh. Yeah. I, I want to know more about that process because that seems really interesting to me. And I feel like that's probably the middle ground of like following, yeah. you know, somebody, but being a lich because liches, I don't think are followers. They're very much so. Oh, no, be they're very independent. Yeah. They're going to be too arrogant. Yeah. Like, even if they're not a bad lich, like, even if they're not inherently evil or like they've somehow like. They're all inherently evil. They've somehow suppressed the evilness and have held on to like the good in them or for whatever, even if it's that case. Yeah. They're still inherently like just uh, arrogant and like always going to think they're the smartest person in the room because they fucking achieved lichdom. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, well, they, would... they usually are the smartest person in the room. They just yep. become, you know, corrupt. In the magical sense. Yeah. Because smarts are not equal. Like, you can be this. There can be two smartest people in the room in completely oh, yeah. different places. That's a whole different fucking conversation. Yeah. Um, I feel like the Draco Lich or whatever they're called might deserve its own video because I feel like we're going to have to do a whole, like, um, Dragon Sub. <laughs> dragon series. Sub. Sub. Uh, or we'll have to do a whole Dragon series about all the yeah. different kinds of dragons. Yeah. <laughs> I I definitely, you know, tell us if you'd like a mini mini sodes on different dragons because that'd be fun. I think that's that's something that like, you know, main series on a or main episode on a dragon, mini episodes on all of the different fucking types of dragons because there's oh, so many, there's so hundreds. Because like, also this could this drago lich could literally be any type of dragon. Yeah. Then there's like and bone that, dragons, that, dark dragons, shadow dragons, uh, like so many weird variations of just that kind of dragon. Um, maybe we'll have to look into that process. Is yeah, that? I thought it was uh, funny that you were saying, you know, how how arrogant and like you know always the smartest person in the room is. It it kind of makes me think like, okay, someone figured out how to become a lich, but everyone after that. I was like, okay, lichdom is a thing. I'm a super smart wizard who's like 80 years old and I don't want to die. I want to keep studying magic by myself. Like, mm -hmm. imagine being that old wizard and then having to go look for a lich to be like, yo, man, how do I do this? Because <laughs> I, I don't want to... I think there's like one of the gods that will like explain how to become a lich to like uh, spellcasters, but it's like at some crazy cost. And I don't remember exactly okay. the god's name, but uh, he's one of the, like, infernal realm gods who's just super evil. But I'm pretty yeah. sure you can, like, uh, probably sacrifice some babies or something to him, and he'll, he'll like, maybe give you a boon uh, and tell you how to do it. But, like, when you're messing with things like two pinches of pure arsenic and deadly nightshade and that kind of stuff, like, there's no... Oh, I'll try this. I'll try that. Like you got to know what you're doing, right? Yeah. You, you can't just just kind of try two pitches yeah. of arsenic. There's no testing that. I guess you could do it on other people, but um, I, I did read somewhere that like 
li wannabe liches have to go seek out other liches. I'm like, yeah, but that's, like, strange because the last thing a lich wants is someone of comparable power or just to be bothered at all. Yeah. They don't want Which anyone. I wonder if that leads to the, like, small number of actual liches, too. Yeah. It's like, oh, you fucked up, bro. You came to my domain. Like, sorry. Yeah. Maybe we should talk about that, too. The liches layer. Because they, you know, they aren't even, I wouldn't even classify them as glass cannons. I would say they're no. just normal cannons. But yep. they act like glass cannons, probably because they were in life. But, um, you know, they hide behind many things. Armies of undead and usually the most notable is their lair so yeah. magic traps it's like a dungeon a castle and they'll sit there for hundreds of years just to wait for their enemies to die like you were saying if they're not fucking around with the local townspeople like and they're just sitting in a library leave them alone right they're content they're not doing anything yeah hmm i i mean they're not doing anything but they're also, like, plotting their takeover of the world in 200 years when everybody on the planet is dead except for the elves. And Well, if we ever play, like, normal-ass townspeople, I'm going to just leave him be because that's, like, future generations. Yeah, problem. that's their problem. For sure. And, like, are they plotting to take over? Is mm -hmm. that, do you think that's a drive for a lich? Don't know. I don't necessarily think it's a takeover plot. Yeah. It's more just like a... Gain power. A, yeah, it's just like, how can I be the most powerful person? I think it depends on their life, how they lived. Because yeah, their personality will draw a lot of that, I feel. Yeah, I guess if that's true. If the smartest person in the room and they became the smartest person in the room, they could want to, like control the like village and area they came from the whole continent they came from sure just like have some type of like mental or physical hold on them um yeah, i agree but i i mean i don't think that's like it's not like an overall goal of a lich but um definitely i feel like they like part of their their plotting and they're waiting for their enemies to die it's like Sure, they're going to wait for you to die so they can, like, fuck over your ancestors. And your ancestors will never know it's coming. Yeah. And the next thing they know, they'll be dead or just, like, run out of their town because this lich wants that land because it holds magical capability. Who the fuck Yeah, knows? yeah, some kind I think of... that's probably the only way that you would see, like, a lich conqueror is if he... Or she wanted some place that was just steeped in magic. Yeah, high know? high magic areas and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I yes. guess I or, guess I could see that. Yeah. Or if it's a um, Belnorn. Oh, Belnorn. Yeah, yeah, the Elven Archlich, right? Yeah. Yes, Elven Archliches are gifted their undead, their undeath, like, and they don't use the um. Phylacteries. And they're made to become a like they're they become they're given the the lich the lichdom um, yep. because they their communities want them to be the backbone of their society they want yeah, them to be a leader they want them to yeah yes 
killer. And it's only oh. ever happened like four or five times, though. So it's yeah. And I, I mean, we got to put that up to the like goodliness of the elves. Sure. And I don't think that they would trifle with something like lichdom. You know? No, I I agree. I mean, yeah. If you're in a society where you know it, your community is driven by magic, and you want to secure the most magic, and you want your community to know everything about magic. Well, that would take, you know, more than one lifespan of an elf, at least if we're talking D and D. Um, so you would want you would want that you know wise sage that becomes a lich to be able to like not just have that information for longer, but continue to grow on top of it. You know, because eventually you're like Einstein level with magic if all you're doing is living and learning and teaching magic man that would be an interesting interesting series like learning from a good lich <laughs> or something you know seeing like someone who's like choosing the path of necromancy try to get the information on how to become a lich from a Balnorn. Sure. because that would be an interesting conversation yeah like an evil one trying to learn it from a good one hm. yeah yeah or that would, that would be fun because, like, um, how is that evil one going to get that information? We all know the elf won't do it, you no. know? Yeah. He would have to trap him. But then you're dealing with an Arklich who <laughs> has a whole army of elves probably protecting him. And he doesn't even need it. Oh, that's interesting, too. The whole Lich thing is, like, you raise armies of undead to, like, protect you. So do the Balnorn raise armies of undead? Hmm. They're good, good I mean, legends. That's a hard question because in your, in your guys' opinion, do you think elves would use the dead elves as fodder? I would say no. no. I don't think so either. Not at all. I would say no, mostly just because elves seem like the kind of ones that, you know, their people don't die that often because they live for so long. Um, and when they do, they usually have a lot of fanfare about it. And they're like... Uh, in Lord of the Rings, uh, or or Ring of Power, I won't spoil too much, but there's like a, uh, a forest where they have the they carve the like likeliness or the you know they they carve a depiction of like the fallen elves into the forest you know so that they can live on through the trees. So it's just like I don't think that the lich is coming through that forest and bringing those you know burial sites to life just. Not if they're a, a, a Balnorn. I also wonder if, like, instead of using their power for dead magic, maybe the Balnorn, because they're gifted it, and they, they, like, are elves first, maybe they can figure out a way to manipulate life instead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it would be a weird thing to watch a goodly elf, you know, slay things and then raise them up in front of their friends and have them slay their friends. Yeah, I I would say so. I think there's um an interesting vein there because the lich isn't necessarily learning one type of magic, you know, like right. the whole reason that they um become a lich is so that they can study more. Um so they could 
learn resurrection spells or healing like just like as much as anyone else i would assume that that's the whole reason a lich wants to be a lich is they want to keep learning different things and different you know different uh schools of magic till they know it all session is with magic and i mean if you want to i've only ever been with one storyline of somebody becoming a lich and i think it'd be a fun storyline to actually see which was the adventure zone another podcast one of the podcasts we all love it (laughs) um but yeah we all love it got my brother into things but like seeing that like one of their characters become a lich not one of their characters a non-player character become a lich like i think we got to see a little bit into it, but it would have been it would be so cool to like see that full storyline. Well, they took um, a lot of liberties with how they became a lich, right. for sure. And for sure. they they only had to deal with the uh, positives of being a lich. There was no feeding souls to the phylactery to you know stave off the undead stuff That's like true. that. <laughs> so a little bit different, I mean, but um. Definitely, they they played around with the liches a lot in that series, and it was very interesting. I mean, if there's something we know about my dungeon master tastes, I like rule fucker, like people who just fuck with the rules. I'm not a rules lawyer. There's a reason I I don't I can't do critical role as well. But yeah, well, the McElroy's got me. We 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 know you love stumping the DM. <laughs> But uh, we could talk more about that and some key points uh, right after a short break. We'll be right back. Oh, hey there. What's up, listeners? It's me again, Dylan, in the middle of the episode. Uh, Thank you for listening still. Episode three. Good job. And uh, make sure you tell everyone you know about our podcast because we don't pay for any advertising and the best way for us to grow uh, is for you to tell everybody. It's word of mouth. So uh, make sure you do that. And if you want to chat with us, maybe give us some suggestions on monsters you'd like us to discuss. Uh, if you're upset with uh, anything, you know, anything at all, you can message us at morningswmonsters at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you uh, and hear what you think. All right, so uh, if you are uh, interested in seeing any of the monsters we uh, talk about, uh, like a picture of them, uh, the Lich, there's a lot of different kinds. They're all super cool. Uh, Then you can check those out on Instagram at morningswithmonsters. Uh, We will also share any fun updates we have about the podcast there, so make sure you check it out uh, or give us follow or like, I don't know. I'm not sure how it works. Uh, but, uh, we, uh, we also want to give a huge shout out to at Mizzen Cake for our amazing cover art. Uh, once again, at M-I-Z-E-N Cake, uh, for the super cool, uh, art. Uh, you can check some more out there. Uh, everything is still a-okay. So we will continue posting every week uh, Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. So make sure you come back and hang out with us again next week on another morning with another monster. But uh, now it's time for me to say farewell once again until next week and uh, let you get back to the rest of your episode. Thanks and bye. Welcome back, listeners. We just got back from our short break where we fought a lich and it was tough. It was a tough battle. Um, 
I was uh, playing playing my favorite paladin, and uh, it worked out well. You know, too good Beautiful. against uh, the undead. <laughs> um, okay, so we're back. Um, we're gonna do some prompts. Uh, well, the very first one. What's the first time you ever saw a lich, guys? Any kind of media. I don't. I mean, Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If we're, if we're counting Voldemort, yeah. Kidding. I think I read about them, like in a fantasy novel somewhere. Sure. I can't remember the first time, but uh, I read another series by another Russian author where the main character, like, was a necromancer when he started his class, but like you saw him willfully but not knowingly take the path of the lich. And at the, you know, towards the end of the series, he like accepts it and becomes like a lich king. And it, it was a very engrossing tale because the willingness needs to happen, but sometimes it's not knowingly, like yeah. with awareness. Sure. I, I, I can get that. I like that <laughs> for a lich. Yeah, I mean, a lich story. Yeah, it, it made for a really interesting story. Just going towards a goal and you don't necessarily know what the goal is. Yeah, and, and like how life is, the goal constantly changes because things are like put in your way and like you adapt to that and you don't realize sometimes that you're becoming a, a an undead, yeah. terrible person. Yeah, you have no idea. Yeah, I hate when that happens. <laughs> well, shit, I might be becoming, might be becoming like in a life, We don't know what we're working towards. We're just well, working towards something. Yeah. Well, Who knows? Do you think Maybe. it'll be possible to see uh, Stampy the Lich King? Jesus fuck Christ, no. I think with Stampy, anything's possible. He I doesn't even know what he wants in life. He wants to become a wizard. He Listen, he's a young man of only 100 years, and he's he's, he's still learning him, himself. He's had a busy 100 years. He's ready to go out and see the world and become a wizard. I A, a little, like, break from the from all this. So I play a... Uh, a Loxodon, so a giant elephant humanoid who was raised by dwarves, uh, which is weird because Loxodons are usually peaceful and serene and blah, 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 but not Stampy. He not spent his Stampy. whole life uh, hitting his head on the the ceilings of taverns and bullshitting with dwarfs and being a blacksmith and drinking, and um, he has recently found his uh, affinity for magic. So me and... Uh, our DM, our co-DMs, Drew and Olivia, have have been trying to figure out a way to justify Stampy gaining levels in sorcery, and we just haven't figured out figured out a uh, a way to do that. Because I really want to make a Sorcedin. It would be a fun I mean, build. With the way that our story has gone, in that like, don't you think like enough use of your of the shard. Yeah, yeah could, could like just in like spark wild magic. Uh, it does. I mean, it does all the time. I'm just waiting to roll the the because I have to roll on a D1000 table. I'm waiting for whatever it is to be like you gain three levels of sorcery. Like that would yeah. be a great roll. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> um, Maybe Andreas uh, can gift you with sorcery powers. Ooh, that's fun. That'd be cool. Um. I'm sure they'll work it in somehow. But I told them, I was like, I don't just want it. I want to earn it. I want yeah. Stamp, Stampy to earn it. So don't just yeah. give it to me. I'll keep trying. Um, what a story that will be, too. <laughs> the Stampy the Wizard. 
Um, Lauren's going to be there with a quill and parchment just being like, holy shit. He's like, oh, I'm going to have to get, I'm going to have to make two books. Um, okay, Melina, where's the first time you saw a lich, girl? I mean, if we're not counting Voldemort. Oh, yeah, we can count Voldemort. I don't know. No, I mean, I honestly, it was probably Loop. Loop was probably like my real introduction to a lich because I, as much as I, I did do, I might have played D and D longer than than these two nerds. I um have not been quite as deep dive nerdy as long as, at the very least, Dylan. I'm sure Alex has been a nerd his whole life as well. My whole yeah. life. That that yeah. Anyway, um. So I didn't watch like Adventure Time or uh play like the a lot of the, I'm not a big video game person so for me it was it was probably podcast the Adventure Zone they introduce a character um a character's sister who who is a lich and that uh if you're a D and D podcast listener and you have not heard of the Adventure Zone or given it a try the McElroys are amazing and. They um, gave me my my nerdy D and D obsessed brother, and I'm I'm happy they they turned him as long as well as anything else that helps turn him. So much, um, much like the Lich, I have been turned. Yes, um, that's just what Justin McElroy will do to you with his beautifully thought out storyline. I don't even it's. Blows my mind, even just good. like we aspire. That. We aspire to that someday, but um, we to, just but with sorry, more with more rules. <laughs> more. Justin Griffin, all of Griffin. them, but oh, Griffin was the, that particular DM. I'm not gonna get more shit wrong, okay? Yeah, I was gonna correct you, but you got yourself. Um, I didn't want to. Um, my first lich. I don't know. Uh, probably Adventure Time because I loved that shit. Uh, that show when I was little. Um. What what else? Uh, Wrath of the Lich King was a big one. That was the first time, and you actually got to play as one of his Death Knights, which was really cool. Um, but I think like the first time, like seeing a Lich use the way, you know, my full understanding of of what a Lich actually is and the phylactery and everything, wasn't even until I started deciding I was going to DM, uh, and I researched the Lich on my own because I wanted to use one. Um, which, you know, it was funny because that was one of the first uh, monsters. I was like, you know, I really want to use a lich. And then I started looking into what a lich is. And I found it really interesting. So instead of, like, using a lich in our current campaign, um, I put him in the lore. So, like, if you guys might remember, but, like, essentially they work for a guild in my campaign. And... It's a very small guild because there was a lich that had taken over a town and the town didn't know he was a lich. And then the um, the guild that they work for went to go fight the lich and only the strongest members survived. Um, so I, I, there's like a lich built into the lore because it was one of the first things that I'd ever researched. Uh, and that's when I really learned how messed up and how complicated liches are. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> but it's a great concept to play around with with so many different variables are they evil are they good yeah. or evil they're evil on the uh with the exception of the bail norm they are evil yeah I, 
even say that they don't have an inherent evilness to them because I feel like, sure, they're elves, but the the inherent evilness comes with the life longevity and the like. If you're living forever, you just automatically have a sense of superiority, which can give you that like, I think I think it's tied in there. I think that they're all slightly inherent. I think you can fight it. Like, are you talking about regular liches or Balnorn? Both. I think uh, with the with Balnorn specifically, like because of the the elves' culture that they've built around the that kind of lich, it's not they it they have to be lawfully good or some kind of good alignment to be allowed to be Balnorn by the elven culture. Like it has to be an acceptable, like Person. agreeable contract basically yeah. where the clan that this elf comes from needs this type of longevity for one reason or another. It's, it's all in the service of elfish culture rather than like any other lich has to be, they have to be evil because you have to kill babies. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would right. say in the Belnorn case, if I was like someone on a council trying to decide who should be one, I would lean more towards lawful neutral because yeah. you don't want them to, you know, if you live in for that long, what what is considered good may become, you know, <laughs> may become not the thing that's best for the full, like yep. best yep. for the community um, yep. <clears throat> with your skewed perception of like time and longevity. So I, I would want I would want our, our local lich to be more of a neutral person, but still still lawful. Um, I am going to plead my case for maybe not all liches are evil, you know, even even just regular liches. So I know I know they got to kill babies to make a potion, but what if they killed some evil babies or maybe. <laughs> Okay, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> and maybe. Maybe yeah, not. You show me an evil baby. <laughs> okay, I will. You, you remember, I'm a DM in a campaign you're playing, so um, you might be seeing I'm down, some evil but babies. I want to see it. Baby um, or infant? Because okay. I don't think infants can be. Evil. Yeah, correct. I think that's the whole reason why they have to like be an evil one-year-old baby. Is because they sure. have no, no. They're just like pure beings, but. Uh, Okay, so we say maybe there's a lich that didn't want to kill the babies, so he made some kind of pact with some kind of demon or demigod or something to give him lichdom without having to kill babies because he was just truly, you know, striving for, uh, you know, immortality purely for research, right? I think, I think that's part of the liches like whole thing is like they just want to learn right i don't know if that's that evil but don't they have to fuel and maintain so from a, there's conflicting um you know much like everything else we we have and will talk about in dnd there's multiple people saying multiple things about what has to be done and what doesn't but like from what i from my understanding if the lich doesn't want to become skeletal or like uh they have to feed souls to their phylactery so like to to maintain their uh humanoid uh features you know like skin and stuff um they have to 
continue to feed souls th through their phylactery, but they don't have to. Um, they don't need any internal organs. They don't like even their the way they speak is isn't like when they speak. You hear it like we speak, but they can also do that underwater. They can do yeah, that in a void, right? Yeah, exactly. So I mean, if if I'm a lich, I'm gonna live forever. Fuck it, I'll be a skeleton. I'll put some rubies in my eyes or something. You know, I'll look cool. And I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, I guess at that point, like once you are a lich, if you don't want to be purely evil, you could always be like a hunter of the evil doer, you know? Can you not feed evil souls too? That's what I'm saying. Also, like, another point, yeah. I mean, yeah, like at, I, I, I do want to see the other side of lich dumb because I think yeah. having it solely on in the house of the elves is OP. You know what I mean? Well, there are other instances of arc liches being um, uplifted in other civilizations because, oh. um, uh, I mean, it's just the good lich concept. It's super rare, but if you have yeah. like a very developed uh, civilization, um, you can have someone become a lich just instead of, uh, you know, through the things that drive our standard lich, uh, just having a profound sense of duty to a civilization. And I, I read that it's like extremely rare, but they allow it here and there, just f almost the exact same way that um, Belnorns are. They just okay. have to, you know, they have to commit a little bit differently or in different ways depending on that the makes culture. Sense. So it's not it's not exclusive to the elves, but um, the elves are inherently more magic than most things. Yeah. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that, I mean, it, it is a thing, um, but I, I would say. I would say not all liches are evil. There's yeah, gotta be I, good I liches. I was thinking like, <clears throat> do like aber do some aberrations count as humanoid? Um, in like D and D, I don't think you'll see aberration and humanoid on the same uh, stat block. But okay. I'm not a hundred percent sure, and I'm sure it could be a thing. But it's a very small <laughs> group of things, probably. I mean, that could be a perfect candidate for a goodly leaning necromancer. I mean, yeah, necromancer to become a lich is by gaining those those souls from evil. Yeah. I mean, essentially, you're the same thing as a paladin. You're just a spellcaster. Yeah. Yep. Paladins kill things all the time. So hear me out. You know how, like, spirits and shit can be, like, at unrest and... Um, so when those changes happen, they're just like, it doesn't matter if like a person was good. It doesn't matter like what their goals were. When that change occurs, like their mind is twisted. Their mind is altered. I think that even, I think you can become a more neutral to good aligned thing, but I think that there's always going to be that in the case of it being gifted to you, like maybe it's it might be a little different but like i think there's always going to be that little switch flip that you yeah, have yeah. to like you have to be able to fight you have to be strong enough not like if your town is like sure let's we need you to become a lich because we need that like ability like in that power to like help us like into whatever fucking whatever um and they turn into a lich and like it might take 10 to 50 years for this lich to re-stabilize to 
become like to be who they wanted to be as a lich like That's you know true. what i mean yeah like i'm not i won't like i as we've been talking i've changed my mind yeah um, That's okay. <laughs> like i definitely like just because i think there there was a point in time where like um like even D D, it was like it was a rule that all liches are some yeah. type of evil yeah, but I'm sure. That's not saying that there's not references to good liches. So, and they are still like linear beings, you know, like they move on a track. Exactly. So it's <clears> like <throat> there's such a long life. They live forever. What is 50 years? What is 100 years of just wrestling with yourself to get your like your own mentality back? Cuz if we're thinking about it, I believe it's like a combination of like souls like you're not alone in your own head anymore as a lich like well in, I those, think in those like long lifespans you know before enlightenment enlightenment comes madness right you yeah. you have to go mad a little bit if you're living forever so I, I think maybe the lich that can persevere through the madness and come out on the other side could be enlightened and that's probably where we get our demi lich you know from. That yeah. makes a lot of sense for sure. Because like the demi lich, they don't care for mortal, you know, issues. They're not even on the same plane of existence. Their phylacteries are spread throughout different planes of existence. Like they are somewhere in the ether as a, you know, a floating entity of just magic knowledge and power, and they're content with they think that. Of, like our Tibetan monks who've reached enlightenment or yeah. whatever. You know, they're floating around somewhere. They could, yeah, fuck up the whole world. They could make the whole world better, but they just want to continue their. They, they probably also realize that it's infinite, in, like it's so small in the and grand. It doesn't scheme. matter. Yeah. No, they can do it, but then they'll have to do it in a thousand years again. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay, we're gonna skip over a couple that I think we've pretty much answered, but, uh, I mean we. We kind of misunderstood, like, uh, answered why they might be misunderstood. Um, do you think they're underrated or overrated? I think they're well-rated. I think they are, too. And I, I think a problem with that question is the whole reason we're doing this podcast is because a lot of them are underrated, you know? So we we obviously find value in them more so than the average person. Yep. I'm sure no one yeah. spent as much time... Uh, researching kobolds as, as we have uh, no, out of outside of a, a niche group of, of of weirdos like us um i i think in most forms of media though they are pretty pretty well rated yeah. um you know they're like getting to the point where a lich is available like you know what's up yeah exactly um i'm gonna give us we we still got some time so i'll give us a a good time for my favorite and last prompt question. Uh, how would you like to see them used in media or gameplay? Mm. I have a question I've been thinking because... about it for a while. <laughs> well, I'd love to see some some type of already immortal creature uh, go down the path of a lich. <laughs> Maybe like a like some kind of like higher being. That would be fun. I feel like. To see the like progressive fall of that character's morality and then the inevitable like rise to its own like power. And I want I want to see the evil part. 
you know, like, sure, yeah. I want to see them like degrade themselves in pursuit of this and then see what they do with it once they have it. I think that would be interesting. I, I love a good villain. I love a good villain, especially a good villain story that's done right. I don't even necessarily care if they are good or bad. I just like to see like their story arc. So I think it would be really cool, maybe like a series or a movie. It starts with an old dude, like clearly dressed in some wizard garb, walking through his like dungeness area. He looks up, sees the full moon, and then he goes into a room that's full of cages with phase spiders and all the different things he needs to make the potion, the babies. You see him just do the evil act of making this potion, drinking the potion, and then cuts to him sitting in the lair, do like a quick cut of him like decaying in this lair doing research. And then after he's done enough research, you just get a full like scope of him just like taking over like i want to see like even if it was in like real like our world right Um, just seeing him like harness the power of magic and take down the world government with his horde of undead kind of have this arc of of him like yeah you know he's evil as fuck but you still want to see him win like yeah you know you still want to see him win because he's the main character and he's just like super overpowered and you're trying to see him battle you know tanks and airplanes and stuff how does he deal with that i think that would be a fun little movie because i i love watching the i'm literally reading a book right now where the main character is evil as hell and i love it that's awesome (laughs) Uh, i think that would be a lot of fun um also i've used the lich like i've said I just wish our campaign was uh, over so I could talk about it more because it might might come up later. I don't wish that. I don't wish it was either. But whenever I want to talk about how I use certain things in the campaign, I I can't. (laughs) Because you haven't haven't finished the the arcs with them yet or whatever. So, like, I say that, but then I also put a lich that's been defeated in my campaign, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, I think that's a good idea because... Um, having something that was only conquerable by like a mass group and then even then only like the very strong uh, members of that party were able to come back like that's good you you put the lore in that they are defeatable but you better be able to bring it you know yeah because they they truly were devastated i think um if I am in a D&D party and we are faced with a lich, like I'm I'm scared as a player and as my character scared. That's they're not easy to fight cuz no. you have to be you can't even hit them, right? They they do everything in their power to stay out of combat. Not to mention that something we haven't talked about yet, but they have auras. Mhm. Uh that will like instill fear and even paralysis in people if you don't have the stats for it you know yeah i mean and they can summon they can summon death knights death knights yep. are crazy yeah they, they have they have legendary actions their minions have legendary actions which is it's terrifying when you're coming up against one death knight with a party of six people five people yeah because you know what it can do i i can't imagine something that can control many of those plus an un innumerable amount of lesser undead 
Like yeah, I mean, unless you're unless you're fighting a lich, and we're full blown D and D here. Um, unless you're yeah. fighting a lich at level eighteen or higher, then they usually have to nerf the lich because in reality, the lich should, if they're you know established. They should have a layer, a dungeon you have to fight through with them knowing you're going through it. And then when you finally get through the hordes of undead, that lich is going to be somewhere in a chamber that's protected by multiple death knights. So they have their legendary actions and freaking, you know, once a day, like, end you spells. Um, on top of that, the lich would have layer actions and legendary actions and power word kill so like as soon as you get through if you can even survive the fight of the death knights he's gonna yep. drop a layer action on you fuck you up and then if he drops a power word kill and you're less than 100 percent hp or a less than 100 hp you're dead automatically and not to mention like you have a phylactery to find uh-huh and and figure out how to destroy dude. just so you can actually put a real end to the dude yeah, and usually, you know, people will be like, make it obvious where the phylactery is, but if this lich is smart, he's not even going to be in the same room as this phylactery, and you're not going to be able to get to it unless you, you know, can, wherever he keeps, I, I would keep it behind my chamber, like, through 10 feet of lead on all directions, and, <laughs> like, sealed with as much magic as I could muster. Like, you would not be able to find it. Yep. Shit, and then we're talking about wizards. You could probably just make your own dimensional pocket that you you hide somewhere. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh-huh. And even if you find it, I would put a million of them there. Yeah. So it would take you a lifetime to, you know, destroy every Figure single one. one. Yeah. Yep. Uh, a million indestructible things, and you wouldn't know which one. <laughs> You'd be rolling for years. Uh, yeah, so our advice to you people who are up against a lich and you are not prepared, run. Run. <laughs> run. Get the hell out of there. Liches yeah. are dangerous. Yeah. <sighs> Bad news bears, guys. Okay. Well, I think that's all of our prompts. I think uh, I think that's a pretty, pretty good episode. Any final thoughts from you guys? Um, I did just read one thing that I want to share. Um which I think would also be a cool um, concept for a, a, a media outlet. So the, there's only one way you can accidentally become a lich. Oh, shit. Um, and it's by being, like, extremely overexposed to life-prolonging magic. Okay. So, like, if you, if you, like, do life-prolonging magic on yourself just to, like out your project a little bit more and then you're like shit i need a little bit more you do it again you do it again like you could be accidentally a lich oh no yep. you know what okay, that, makes... that would be hilarious that would be but funny but those are typically the liches that have a, a good alignment yeah um but they still are forced like if they want to preserve themselves they have to i'm just thinking about like Okay, so your party goes to one of your party members dies, so you take them to a church of of healing where they've been resurrecting and prolonging life for decades, and then like they resurrect your party, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this this old man is just ascending. 
in this temple of purity and righteousness. He is now an entity of evil. <laughs> I mean, I guess he, he would have to be a good align. That That is funny. That's a yeah. shame. I mean, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll read 10, rand like, 10 things to know about liches. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, okay. You could accidentally become a lich. I mean... Imagine you're the you're the party member who gets carried through like a ten chapter campaign. You're like level eighteen rogue, but you your stealth is just never rolled well, and you've died like seventeen times. Oh no! But your cleric's there, and he always brings you back. And then now, all of a sudden, you can't <laughs> die, and your dagger starts glowing, and it's your phylactery. <laughs> yep. And you, uh, like, notice that, like, any time you kill someone with a sneak attack, uh, they immediately, like, drop to zero HP, raise back up as an undead, and, like, turn towards you. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Hmm. Oh my God. That's weird. There's something going on here. I don't know. You haven't mentioned your power to turn things dead back to life. It's just kind of chill for you. Yeah, you, you you say nothing because you're the rogue of the party, and you're like, I don't know if I should say anything, and right. it's it's a nice little uh, be like, hey, perk. hey, Joe, why uh, why is that guy coming back to life and following you around? <laughs> Honestly, this sounds know. like a great end game for Spetla. Oh my god! Okay, you gotta die for already a phantom rogue. All right, I'll stock restoration or whatever I'll, I'll i think i have it stocked i don't know he never dies it's fine yeah well yeah you barely ever get hit i barely ever need healing uh for all our listeners out there my party never heals they just go everything into every encounter without healing potions or he healing spells stocked melina's got one staff that will do some good heals. But other than that, every time they see health potions, they're like, ah, we don't need those. What? Why would we need those? A oh lord never goodness. gets hit. Well, now you guys are going into uh, a, a two-bone nog, a double-bone naga fight with, like, no spell slots and half your HP, probably. So yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. I think Evan's going to do well with that fight yeah well we'll see um but i think that's that's uh where we're gonna wrap up today's episode uh if we have another if we have another one that means they won the fight if uh if we don't that means they got real mad at me because i tpk'd them um but we'll see you uh we'll see you next week on mornings with monsters uh that's gonna do it for us today monster hunters i'm dylan i'm alex Molina, see you guys. Mm -hmm.